No ketchup. No ketchup. What's really good, my people? Welcome into No Catch Up Sports Talk via Chicago. I am your host, Sean Little. Big Nick the Quick with me. March Madness rocking. What's the date? March 23rd, 2021. Uh-huh. We're going to talk March Madness. That's going to be our first take Tuesday. We're going to jump into some March Madness. Yo, no big no big squads, no big blue bloods. A problem? You still feeling the tournament? We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about gameplay, game quality of college hoops because this is this was me and nick if you follow the pod and you know where me and nick fall on college hoops especially um both of them we don't really watch too much and this, both is, of them. <laughs> this is our first opportunity to actually watch some some boys hoops so we're going to talk about that i also want to talk about the the emerald and the ncaa came out and apologized to the women hoopers <laughs> about the weight room situation, the food situation, the swag bag situation. These folks are treacherous. (laughs) So we'll touch on the NCAA, which you know where we stand there as well. Then we'll get into the NBA. NBA trade deadline is coming up. A lot of stuff moving. Bulls are in the mix as well. We'll talk about the NBA trade deadline. Uh, The deadline tonight is the, it's it's tomorrow, right? Or I think it's tomorrow. tomorrow. I think it's tomorrow. I got it. We could double check that on, on live, but we'll talk about that. Draymond and Tony Allen. Is is Draymond Green the best NBA defender of all time? That's what he tweeted. That's what he thinks. That's his prerogative to think that. Tony Kaepernick. Allen, t- <laughs> Tony Allen thinks differently. We're going to talk about that. He tweeted some things. They went back and forth on Twitter. Steve Kerr, KD, had an interesting – Kerr had an interesting interview, I guess. A media member – I'm not sure that he took it out of context, but he kind of put some words in his mouth that he exactly oh, he, didn't say. Chill out. We're going to talk about that. <laughs> we're going to talk about that. But, I mean, actually, I'm glad that you're on the other side of that because I got some thoughts on that. We'll talk about that. We'll close it with Deshaun Watson. Um, as the days go on, the civil, the civil court cases and allegations and filings go up. We're now at 16. We're going to talk about Deshaun Watson, the allegations where – where that leaves Deshaun with the season coming up here. So we'll touch on that. It seems like no one wants to talk about that. I haven't seen too – like everyone's kind of stepping around it. So I think we should jump in and at least give give our opinion on it. Big Nick the Quick, what's happening? Yo. Hold on, fix my camera over here. What's going on? It's a business. Hello, man, you know. It was a, it was a, it was a great weekend, man, you know. Watched, uh, watched some college, well, college hoops all weekend. Set up the TV outside. Kicked yeah, it, had a few drinks. I know you don't like to hear about the weather, but this is more just it was nice yeah. to be able to chill outside, man. Out of nowhere, we had some little 65 degrees on the weekend, man. It's always nice. Always nice when it hits that way. Yeah, no, it's definitely heading that way. It was really nice out here in the shy. So, yeah, it's always nice when it's heading uh-huh. that way. Let's jump right into it. NCAA March Madness. Uh, it's always a fun week. Regardless, if I know any of the players, I know any of the teams. I try to catch some some uh, some storylines going into the game, so I could like have something to latch onto, guys to watch that type of thing. But if you're new to the program, me and Big Nick the Quick are not the biggest 
as of pretty recently, I would say the last couple of years just aren't the biggest college sports fans in general. Um, so I haven't watched any college hoops all year. I'm not even gonna flex. I've watched a game here and there just because Illinois was 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 allegedly really good. Um, and the Big Ten was supposed to be some of the best teams. This, this was supposed to be the best Big Ten. The big fraud. Yo, <laughs> see, you see my name on here. I think it's covered by the banner. Yeah, yeah, big, yeah. Big, big fraud. Yeah, big fraud. You see it. So it's one of those things where it's like, okay, I'm hearing Wilbon and all these dudes and all the guys that I respect. Shout out our guy Ben Etter. All these guys that I respect their take on college hoops. And they're telling me, yo, this is overall through and through one of the best Big Ten years the conference has ever had. And I tune in, and they ain't doing nothing but getting their ass murdered. Ran up and down the court by <laughs> several different however, – however you wanted it, the Big Ten got it. Yeah, uh, uh, however you wanted it, they were getting smashed. So that was interesting. But, big at the quick, there's no big – there's no blue bloods in there. So Duke's not there. Kentucky's not there. Kansas is mediocre. There's a lot of big squads that aren't in the mix. Um, watching it as a casual fan, did that make a difference or did it make it more exciting to see some squads and – see some big time upsets like we saw in the week. The, yeah, the, I mean, I think weekend. I think the upsets are always cool, especially like you talked about like you and I, I don't think we really have any skin in the game as far as rooting for any particular team or anything like that. Like I mean, there's some coaches I think are cool and some, you know, if there's a player that usually catches my eye, but in a year like this one where you're not really watching to see that number one draft pick, I know like people are watching Cade Cunningham, but it's not like the Zion type thing where it's like, yo, right. I got to see these games. Um for me it's cool just to watch some of these veteran laden smaller if you will schools come in there and just beat some of these bigger programs and i think it kind of speaks to how unique this year is right like if you look at it not a lot of practice time right so duke kentucky i saw something i read something crazy the other day i actually was doing some research for something i'm gonna bring up later Mm -hmm. but there's 458 players in the nba yeah 57 of them went to duke or kentucky yeah, that's it's like twelve percent, twelve, thirteen, fourteen percent of the league yeah. is from Duke or Kentucky, right? So just to kind of give you some perspective of how how good the talent is that just goes into those two programs, I'm sure once you add North Carolina, a couple other programs to the mix, it gets a lot higher. Right. So it's good, you know, when you have a year like this one where these coaches don't really have the time with these one and dones, right? So if you're if you're a Oral Roberts, right, or one of these schools, and it's like, yo, I've been coaching this dude for three years. It doesn't really matter that we couldn't practice that much this year because I know what they like to do. I know where to put them in certain situations. If you look at Oral Roberts, whoever that light-skinned dude is with the hair, killing them. Oh, like oh oh oh, something like O'Banner or Banner. Hey, draft that guy in the second round right now. He killing them, and they had no (laughs) answer for him. Just doing whatever he wants. He's hitting threes. He's going to the lane. He's driving. He's getting fouled. And you see these guys that have been around two, three years. And the coaches that have the confidence and know exactly what positions you can put in these, these guys into. Then you look at like a Kansas or some of these other schools where you're getting a lot of these one and dones, and it's like, hey, I don't really even know this player. You know what I mean, we practiced eight times, we missed half our games because of COVID, and here we are in March, right. and I'm expected to kind of put it together. So I think what you're seeing is just, you know, a lot of these, again, these other teams, and it's hoops, man. Like we can't, there's so many different reasons that a kid might end up at an Oral Roberts or at a Loyola, or at a North Texas, or whatever it might be, right? Like, this is basketball. There's so many hoopers. Maybe this guy was – you see a lot of these kids that was a Kentucky kid. He was an LSU kid, but he didn't get time as a freshman, so he went somewhere else to go play, right? So you're seeing a lot of these normal blue blood kids who are transferring out, 
get landing at these other programs and making it happen. So it's not like these are some like sisters of the poor. Um, yeah, right. No, but at right. the same time, it's like I think you're just seeing them play a better brand of basketball. Like yeah. I watched, who was it yesterday? Was it LSU? Yo, I watched LSU, and for the final 10 minutes of the game, they did not run an offensive set. Not one. Just, just not one offensive set. The dude with the short shorts was killing them um, on LSU at like 30 points, but at the end of the game, he couldn't do anything. Right. They're just running down, jacking up bag shots, no type of movement. Meanwhile, on the other side, these guys are running plays, executing, getting buckets. That's why you see sloppy body dude from Loyola coming out, giving you 27. Slop, who was your boy the other day? The sloppiest body team I've ever seen in my life, the two brothers. Oh, the uh, Eastern Washington? Uh, Eastern, giving people buckets. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like yeah. these guys know how to play together. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think that's, that's a good that point. A lot of intrigue for me. So, like, yeah, for me as someone who doesn't have a team, um, went to a big school, but my school's never really in it, it was fun to watch. Yeah, no, it's always fun to watch. I think it's even funner to watch when I come in and I don't know shit about anything and I see some of these dudes hooping. Like my man from uh, Oklahoma yesterday against Gonzaga, first of all, I I did watch Gonzaga a couple times because early in the year, my guy was like, look, these dudes are not going to lose to anybody. Like take that to the bank. Like they're that good. They're loaded on O, right? Yeah, for sure. And so I watched I watched a couple of their games, but this guy Reeves on Oklahoma. Oh, yeah. I'm like, yo, who is this dude? This dude is pro like pro game. He was jab stepping. He when he was in triple threat, he was doing whatever he wanted. Yeah. On allegedly the best team in the country, right? And it looks like they are. So it was like fun to see those guys. So then I'm texting my college dudes like, yo, this dude Reeves can really play. They're like, yeah, that boy's nice. I'm like, okay, yeah. So I'm like, it's stuff like that that I enjoy. Right. Now, the biggest thing that we always talk about that we don't enjoy is just the overall quality is trash. Trash. At the end of the day, a lot of the quality of the the, the games that are going on is like, yo, this is almost unwatchable hoops. So I brought so I went back to the first some of the first four games. <laughs> and Nick, Nick was telling me, he's like, yo, look. If you can, if you're scoring 20 points in a 20 minute half, then we have a big issue. So if you look at like Texas Southern, Mount St. Mary's, 60 to 52, we got Drake, Wichita State, 53, 52, Norfolk, Appalachian, 54, 53, close games, but it's 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 a. I don't know if I would have ended up getting to the end of the game to see the close game because it's such a snooze fest before that. The way that I was picking games, so you know there's multiple games on, the way that I was picking games was how your first half score was going. Like, if it's <laughs> in the first half and I see, like, 30, 35, I'm like, cool. You know, I'm, like, doing it in my head, like, okay, they got 30, there's there's 10 minutes left, it's going to be a 100-point game, right? Like, that's what I want to watch. Like, I want to watch an NBA style of game. I don't want to watch the Princeton offense. I don't want to watch, you know, all this other stuff. I like watching Syracuse in the zone because – for 70 years, he's been giving people problems with the zone and still no one can figure it out. Yeah. Um, stuff like that. But yeah, man, the quality, it's hard. I feel like over the last two years, year and a half, I've watched more NBA basketball as far as like across the whole spectrum, watching different teams, not just my team, different players, multiple games per night yeah. than I probably ever have in my entire life. So after watching that much NBA and then trying to watch all this college these last four days, like it is a hundred percent an eyesore on some of these games because you're just watching and you're just like, man, there's a hundred percent, and it goes without saying, but there's a hundred percent a huge difference between a college player and an NBA player. Yeah. Look at drives to the basket, right? There's certain shit where for the NBA it's a bucket every single time. 
right? Yeah. Whereas with some of these guys, it's just you see these drives, and it's like, what are you doing, man? Like, yeah, this, man, yeah, like, this dude is well. This dude is trash. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So, like, you see it on stuff like that. You see it on stuff like open jumpers. Like, NBA players don't miss open shots, right? For the most part, they don't miss open shots. These guys are clanking from left and right, airballing Paul Georgian off the side of the basket. Yeah. Um, now, on the flip side, there have been some teams that are real impressive. Gonzaga, Baylor. Um, like I said, the LSU game yesterday, that was more of like an NBA style of game. Guys attacking, pick and roll, stuff like that. Yeah, but, that Oregon-Iowa game was yeah, crazy. Yeah, Oregon-Iowa. Like, those are the games that I want to watch. Like, give me yeah. high scoring. Give me give me good offensive basketball, you know, things like that. Um, but, yeah, you watch some of these games, man. It's just like, dog, I can't. It's halftime and you got 20 points and you had 20 minutes? <laughs> no, facts. And I think a, I think a big thing, too, is, like, you, you take the pageantry out with no fans being there. There's no bands there. Yeah. It's like, yeah, this is this, – at the end of the day, what it boils down to is this is just bad basketball, so I'm, I'm cool on this. Yeah, and, like, that's why, like – and I know it hasn't been something that's been brought up in a while, but, like, don't ever come to me with can any – a college team, I don't care how good they are, beat a pro team. There's just levels. There's a difference to this. Like, I don't want to hear that. Oh, wait. Before we get off college ball, though, so kind of like on that Big Ten thing. Yeah. I heard someone say one of the issues that the Big Ten has is they don't have pros. Right? You look at these other leagues, and when it comes to the Big Ten, there's not enough pros. Um, and this is what kind of led me to that Duke and Kentucky research. I think that's a fact, though. It's a huge fact. It's more yeah. than you think. So let me ask you this. Since 2013... How many Big Ten players do you think have gone in the top five of the NBA draft? Since 2013? Yeah. Remember, this is supposed to be a... a, a top what? Top five. Top five. Yeah, so must-watch college was guys. Eric, I mean. Was Eric Gordon a top five pick? Uh, he was before 2013. Yeah, he must have been right before 2013. Um, I, I, I have no idea, so I'll say six. <laughs> three who are they victor oladipo yeah shout out victor can, can, on, you give, can you give me one of the other the other two he's on the trade block <laughs> i was gonna ask you if you give me three if you give me one of the other two there was only oh, one that i got just knowing and another one i was I, like oh yeah that's right can i get a conference big the big 10 no no like a hint like an nba like eastern oh, west. oh uh one guy is out west both of them are out west both of them are out west big 10 guys one guy's on his first team the other guy is on his Third that team are, that are top one, one, one guy has been three teams already, so he's whack too. <laughs> he's, no, he's he makes 30 million dollars a year. I don't know, bro. Give it to me, let D'Angelo me, me Russell. Oh, okay, yeah, and D-Lo. Jaron Jackson Jr. Jaron Jackson Jr. Okay, since 2013, the Big Ten has had three players go in the top five. Yeah, that's crazy. That is absolutely crazy to me. And I get it. It's dominated by Duke and Kentucky. But you mean to tell me, like, what that tells me is that the Big Ten as a conference, collectively, the coaches have not embraced anyone on Duns. Like, if hey, for me, if it's good enough for Coach K, it's good enough for me. Right. So I don't know what they're holding on to to where you can't mean to tell me you can't find talent throughout the Midwest that goes one and done. Or, you you know, these, these Wisconsins and Indianas and Illinois and these big-time, you know, Michigan, Michigan states – can't go get blue chippers. And that's not really Michigan State's MO. So, I mean, I guess they had Triple J, but he likes to kind of build out a thing. But, man. I, listen, I, I hear you. Like, yo, you like eight years? 
y'all end three, up three top five picks. Essentially, y'all end up playing these guys in the Big Ten together. Y'all look real tough, and then y'all bump into some pros, and then it's over for y'all. But you look at but you look at some of these. It's like, hey, Murray State has had a number two overall draft pick. You know what I mean? Um, there was someone else, another school, like smaller schools had top five draft picks. Like the, collectively, the Big Ten, three players, yeah, in the not, top five, years. and and really, the book is kind of written on two of them. Like the book is kind of written on Oladipo, in my opinion. Like he is what he is. Yeah, the book is kind of written on D'Angelo Russell. Triple J is the only one that you had that could maybe because injuries like still kind of be. But really, I mean, you're, you're looking at no superstars yeah. and no superstars out of those players. So it is that's telling, man, like. Yeah, about no. the conference, like I, I think, yeah, it is, it is. And. Yeah, because Luca Garza is not a pro, not a and pro, he, and he's he's the Big Ten player of the year, right? Io is Io, not a top five pick. Io is a, a, a good guard. He's probably not a dog like that in the league. Kofi's not a top five. None of these none of those boys are top five picks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a good point. And when it's you have a big time player out the Midwest, they're going somewhere else. Yeah, it's interesting. That's a Big Ten problem, man. ACC gang, ACC gang, or, <laughs> or, or Cal gang. Yeah, Dog, I looked at it. Cal has thirty players in the NBA. Yeah, he's been slowing up though. Nah, he set up some like four or five cats last year. You know Emmanuel like, quickly, like this year. They're this whack. year, well, yeah, this year they're whack, but it doesn't matter. He's got five first round draft picks waiting. Yeah. Shout out quickly. Shut up quickly for real. Yeah. So yeah, man, that was uh that was kind of fascinating to me. And That's also it. those are interesting numbers for sure. Shout out Porter Moser. Don't leave. No reason to. No. Don't do the Fitzgerald. Love it. Greatest idea ever. Don't leave. Why? You take another job, you're going there to get fired. He could literally be at Loyola for the rest of his life. They'll pay him a million bucks a year. That's Good salary. Bad. It's not enough, but okay, he might take that up to one point five. But it's job security. That's not. That's not job, enough. Then give me two. Fat Fitzgerald's making five million. He'll never leave Evanston. Trust me. That's not enough. For so, motor? Yeah, no, it's not enough. <laughs> what, are you, what are you asking for? Uh, Loyola uh, can only pay you, you so much. No, then they gonna have to. They gonna have to do that. Y'all like this whole? Y'all like this March shit every year? Man, Loyola doesn't better find Loyola. Hey, you better find a booster. You better find. You ever seen Blue Chip? You better find a friend of the program. Hey man, I was watching. Uh, <laughs> I was watching uh, Drive to Survive. They told my man that that's running Hoss. They said, look, you better go find a sponsor, man. Hey, bro, you better go find some money. <laughs> you better go find some bread. You better go find we, some bread. Yo, we but, getting ready to fold this bitch up. But if I'm him, either way, I'm I'm not leaving. He can have that job for 30 years Dog. and never – and literally just build something out there. Do you know what we talk it's about all the time? It's not a bad spot either. You're in Chicago. You'll get every kid that doesn't want to – that doesn't – you know that falls to the cracks. Like but you know what we, you know, we always talk about with college sports and why you should always, if you're a big, in my opinion, if you're a big time college football coach, you should always try to go to the NFL because you'll always have a job if you come back. Yeah. He leaves, goes somewhere, and it goes awry. I'm sure he could find his way to either Loyola itself or a very similar program and be and be there again for the next ten years. You got to go try to get your shot. What was I don't know. Remember Brett Belima? Brett yeah. Lima left Wisconsin, went to Arkansas, and now he's like a fucking offensive line coach. Yeah, but he was there forever. Oh no, didn't I think Saban just brought him in as the uh yeah, the but he was there. For, he was there forever. If he yeah, wanted to go get doing nothing. Yeah, but if he wanted to go get another lower, if he wanted to get like a job like Rutgers, he could get it. Yeah, but if you're Moser, can't you just be like, okay, look, let's do this. Pay me the money, right? And let's try to do the Butler or Gonzaga path of like, we're gonna stay, we're gonna dominate this conference, we're gonna get 
all the best secondary kids and eventually like Gonzaga start getting absolute blue chippers because don't give me and by the way I don't want to hear any more talk about Gonzaga small basketball program I don't they're a big time major college basketball program I don't care what conference they play in but um go through that route start grabbing up all the kids that aren't going to U of I whatever it's a talent rich area and build something at Loyola with no pressure you could suck next year and you're fine yeah, you go well, to Indiana you go to Indiana it's like hey we needed you to win last week yeah. We need blue chippers. And all that defense you had down there in the horizon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Y'all need you to bring that to the Big Ten. You need to bring that to the Big Ten. It's a whole different ballgame. I see where you're coming from. Like, like, at the same time, he could literally be at Loyola for the rest of it. Like, Buddy from Gonzaga could have left Gonzaga 150 times. Yeah, that's true. And he, and he he dug in. He's been there for, what, 20 years? And now you're getting dudes. Was Jalen Suggs his name? Guys like that? That's his name? What's the point guard? Yeah, Suggs. Yeah, you're getting guys like that who, you know, again, blue chip players, right? So now you've kind of turned that into something. I just think there's a blueprint there for not necessarily taking, like, Indiana wow. to me is a, is Mark a Few, job. And Mark Few only makes 1.8 mil. Yeah, happy as shit. Hmm. Happy as shit, though. He's not looking over his shoulder. Yeah, that's true. His that's wife knows we're going to make 1.8 mil for the rest of our lives in this house in Spokane, and it's great. Porter yeah. Moser, I saw he lives a four million dollar house at Will Met. He's fine, man. He's great. His wife's happy. He's like, hey, it's great. Yeah, well, I guess that goes in the same line of thinking that I said about uh, Bianami. It's like, yo, look. Yeah. If if everything is going perfectly, swimmingly, and you're the talk of the town, and you can do True. whatever you want, just take your little bread and no, go. And you're not hurting on money. A million bucks ain't bad. Yeah, it ain't the five, but uh, it's a million bucks. He's not not broke. Stay tuned on that. That'll be interesting. Yeah. Shout out Porter Moser though. Their game plan was phenomenal. Yeah, real quick, let's let's show some love to the ladies on the hoop side. And uh, the big story going into the tournament, social media was used to essentially expose the NCAA and how the female hoopers are getting treated completely differently than the male hoopers. Now, how did they not see this coming? They're so now, fucking stupid. Now they're they're beyond stupid. And if you're looking for an organization to be fair, <laughs> it's not the that. NCAA is not it. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So yes. if you if you were looking for an organization to treat people fairly and do the right thing by their student athletes, quote unquote, the NCAA and Mark Emmert are not the people that you should be looking for that. Um the I, the big go ahead. I was just gonna say, no, I mean like and the weight room, inexcusable. The swag situation, inexcusable. The one that really gets me when you are really trying to point out to people that they are less than is when you start feeding them different food. There is that, that is the one where the other one where it's like, yo, like they're all bad. Right. But when you start literally saying, Hey, over here, we're feeding these people, this food, but in this side, literally in the same town, we're feeding this people, this food. Yeah. That to me is if I was a father of a fucking girl in the NCAA turn like that's the one like yo you mean to sit here and tell me they're supposed to eat scraps they're supposed to eat terrible food you're literally telling them like yo your nutrition your nourishment to play in this tournament even though we're still forcing you to be locked in some hotel in Indianapolis so that we can make our money because they're making money off the women's tournament don't let them sit there and act like they're poor on this shit sponsors are going both ways um you're serving them less than food 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 these people who work for free, and it is your responsibility to provide them with a meal while they travel on your behalf. You can't even get them a decent fucking meal. 
and you look on the other side and they got buffet trays, a chicken, and we're not talking about crab legs and shit, just some regular looking food. The shit that they were eating, are you serious? Yeah. It was like fucking meatloaf. That's the one that got me. That's the one where it's like you're really telling them they are less than because you can't even feed them adequately. You can't even give them the same food that you have a block away. Unbelievable. Yeah. Mark, despicable. Despicable. Mark Emmert said that he's going to, you know, gear up with the team and figure out how this, him. how this can happen. He just got to look in the mirror and he could uh, like how we he's essentially like, I don't know how we got here. I'm going to reevaluate. I, I do. When you were sitting there planning. Yeah, I'm sorry. The ball was dropped like way before you. But you had to have known the optics are so bad and shame on the sponsors, too. If I'm Dove, Suave, I'm like, hey, make sure this. Sh-. And maybe they don't have control over that. I don't know how it goes, but make well, sure this shit gets to every. Yeah, make sure this shit gets to everybody. Like right. that's a bad look for them. It's a bad look all the way around. But the food thing to me is fucking like inhumane. They yeah, should all lose their good. jobs because of the food. Yeah, that's it. That I didn't think about it like that. That's actually interesting and yeah. uh, a very good take. I agree with because yeah, if you want to make someone feel lesser than. Go go down to the 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 food and go to the food. You you can't. You're gonna get this, and they're gonna get that, and that's a way to to break yeah, it down. Yeah, as far as something like like essential to your body to perform, like the, the the food was despicable, man. I could not believe that. Also, isn't it just easy easy enough to like you had to order separate food for them? You know that, right? Like when you're ordering the right. cater, you're like, oh, we want the A level over there and the B level. Up. Like that was a. It's a, it's, it's a decision. budget thing. They made a decision yeah, to save more money on exactly, and it wouldn't have cost that much more to feed these people. For half of them are gone after the first day, anyways. But isn't it? Isn't it just as easy to, like you said, just give everyone the same stuff or let them use the same facility? So if you're, yo, listen. By the way, it's not like the men's weight room was in one spot and the other one was a completely – they put up a, sh- a a barrier like a – Yeah, it was like a curtain. Or like a curtain. Yeah. Why not just take the curtain down, fill out the space, and let everyone use the facility as is? Because then you got to spend equal money. They, they, they have to have the ghetto. They have to have the ghetto. That's what they, that's what they did. Yeah, I don't know. This, this, this is the suburbs. This is the hood. Ladies there. Fellas right. over here. So shout out the shout out the ladies for you know spreading spreading light and and showing exactly what's going on Yo. at the NCAA level because it's not it's unacceptable and get rid of these clowns once and for all man how much more evidence do we need like get rid of these clowns once and for all you're who, fucking who, with people's food who would fire Emirate if he were to get fired I think the university president is like a board of directors type thing I believe. Yeah. So I think there's like an NCAA board of, you know, very, you know, the top. like the NFL owners. Yeah, yeah. It's probably know. it's probably buddy from Florida State Athletic Director, Ohio State Athletic Director. Right. The cats who are fucking stuffing pockets by em- Emmert's policy. Right. So same people who won't fire Goodell ain't going to fire Mark Emmert. Because facts. Why would you? Why would you? Why would you end this? This is great. Yeah. Facts. Facts. Get all the benefits of pro sports, but we don't got to pay nobody. Exactly right. All right. Education. <laughs> I fucking hate it. Dude, it's so yeah. Fuck the answer. It's obnoxious. Yeah, it is. It's it's truly incredible. All right, let's move over to the NBA. It's uh the trade deadlines around the corner. We got uh the season's coming to an end, and I wanted to play a little game with you to kind of go go along with the NBA trade deadline. There was a couple interesting articles. Zach Lowe came out with an interesting trade deadline article, but I wanted to to pick your brain on a couple of the squads 
we know the Drummond situation. It, it wouldn't necessarily be a trade. It would be like an add-on. I guess it would be a trade because they have to get him out of Cleveland, right? Well, he's still on the team, right? They haven't bought right. him out yet. Yeah. He's he's on the team, but he's not on the team. He's <laughs> not bullshit. with the, he's not with the team, right? Hey man, don't don't show up. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Which is shitty, but yeah, go ahead. It is okay, real quick. Where do you, where do you stand on that situation and that type of stuff that Draymond or, or Drummond is doing? Excuse yeah, me. Yeah, I mean, he's I get why the team's doing it, but at the same time, like Andre Drummond wants to play ball, and you're sitting here telling him like, hey, like they're paying him, so I mean, they're not doing anything that's like wrong. I just feel like, dude, he doesn't want to be sitting at the crib right now. He wants to be playing ball. He signed up to play basketball. He's a basketball player, and you just sit here and say, hey, man, we're gonna trade you. Just don't even show up. We don't even want you around. You have zero value to us. You can't even help young guys. It's just like, yeah, it's just a shitty situation. It's like if you're going to do that, then like prioritize getting him the fuck out of there so that he can get back to playing basketball. Yeah. You know, it's just pretty straightforward. So I don't, it, you've known all year. You have 15 centers on the roster, and you're like <laughs> 12 and 38. Like what are, you, what, what are you holding on for? And it's Andre Drummond. Like what are you trying to hold out for a big Drummond deal? Like come on, man. Like take your little second-round pick and keep it moving. Like. Yeah, no, I feel that. So let me so let me ask you this. This is I thought this would be a fun game, and I think I, and I want to hear your insight because I got a couple opinions as well. We're gonna we're gonna play a game of what are they missing? So if you could go and say you could go pick out anyone that's on the trade the 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 trade block that is available allegedly for a team like I'm gonna and I'll start on the East for a team like the Philadelphia 76ers. Who would you – what are they missing? What do they need to to solidify that number one slot and then be able to go head up with Brooklyn here coming up in the playoffs? Probably another another uh, ball handler to take pressure off of Simmons in the fourth quarter. Just – like, like a true a point guard, yeah. If you remember a few years ago that you think that they were really good, they had McConnell. They had J- – McConnell is like, kind of like that secondary ball handler that would come in and get them into their sets sometimes. Yeah, that seemed to work well for them. Um, they need something like that. Well, shit. I mean, and so so they need Kyle Lowry. You're saying, yeah, they need Kyle Lowry and replace Embiid if he's not coming back. But yeah, well, yeah. Assuming Embiid, assuming Embiid's gonna be fine. Yeah, that would be that'd be it. What would a guy like Kyle Lowry? How would you get get a trade? Yeah, like I don't think they want to trade him. Um. And he's from Philly too. That's like a fucking perfect. It's a perfect. You know where, you know, spot, you know where right? he needs to go. The perfect spot for Kyle. Lowry. Let's put his ass on Milwaukee. They need a Kyle Lowry like right now because they need um, some heart. You're saying they need some heart. They got PJ and they put. Yeah, Kyle Lowry's not going for that shit. Absolutely yeah. not. And um, hey, and say what you want about Kyle. Who? <laughs> I, hey, because I used to hate on him a ton, but crunch time. He's good. He's good. He's he's fiery. He plays Tough. hard, and he he. I've seen him hit a lot of big shots. I feel like he, that. He's an NBA champion. He's an NBA champion. He's yeah. the second best player on an NBA championship team. What, what else do we need? Yeah, that's a fact. And, that's he, and, and, and he, he contributed and did his thing. And he contributed and, and got guys like Van Vliet and all those dudes in good spots. Yep. Yeah, man. I, I think Kyle time, Lowry's a great player. Big time leader. So you yep. would say that Philly needs another ball handler. And a yeah, guy like – man, a guy like Kyle Lowry fits right in there. Dog. Yeah. Yeah, give me that. Yeah, another ball handler. Um, that can play crunch time minutes. Because I think they're still kind of experimenting with what their crunch time five is going to be. Uh, yeah. So you still got some space there. I like that, though. I'll go with it. Yeah, ball handler. Ball handler. Okay, then I'll go back and forth. Let's go to the Lakers on the west side. What do the what, what, what the Lakers need, and, and who who do you see that they could get, pick up? Well, we know 
assuming LeBron and AD at some point get back and they're completely healthy, what do they need in the West to – I mean, what do they need that will solidify, a, a, a clear shot, them out for the championship? A shot creator, someone who can score without LeBron having to do everything for them. Like if you they look at it, when AD went out, their offense went down, and with no LeBron, I, I really struggle to see where any points are going to come for them for this team. Um, like I think Schroeder's good in, in doses, but <laughs> turning the turn the keys over to Schroeder and being like, hey, you're our number one guy, probably isn't going to end up well for them during this stretch where they really need to stay afloat with LeBron and AD out. Like I think it's really tight up there at the West, and you don't want to get into a situation where you fall into the fifth or sixth. Um, no. I mean, with LeBron and AD are healthy, like, yeah, we get it. But you still would ideally not want to be in that situation. You still want to have the easy route. Yeah, you don't want, like, you a don't... first round Portland again. Like, you don't want to deal with, like, yeah, you'll beat them, but you don't really want to fuck around with these boys. You don't boys want to for... play Denver in the first Denver. round. Yeah, you don't want to play Denver. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you don't want to fuck around with these guys. The Lakers rank 27th in the league in three-point shooting production. So, they need shoot, some shoot, like some shooting. They scoring. need some shooting. They need some scoring. Um, but I think without Brown and AD, you need someone who can create their own shot because the open looks and things like that just aren't going to be there. Yeah, but I think I mean, yeah, even like you said, it. LeBron and AD aren't three point shooters. Yeah, they need a they need a a marksman. They need yeah. a they need my nigga Bertans. Bertans. <laughs> <laughs> He's had a down year. He he eating off that bread, but I should no shooter. He is a professional. Well, they said that he had uh he he was he was shocked by how fast the season came back and that he wasn't ready. He gave an interview and he said that. Yeah, I bet. I, I think he was, he was in, I think he was he was in Lafayette kicking it. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> yeah. they, gave me, they gave me 70 million. <laughs> yeah, he was big kicking it. It's like, wait, big kicking it. Wait, what? Season go back? back. <laughs> I still got to play. I thought the, I think I got paid. I'm done. I'm good. <laughs> They're like, no, nah, Davis, you got to go back to America. Like, Fuck. Facts. He didn't even go to the bubble. He's like, no, nah, I'm not getting hurt any of my money. What's anything else for the Lakers? Do they yeah. need anything else besides shooting? Do they need a, do they need a stopper? Another big for like Dwight? I think, yeah, I think so they like, missed Dwight quite a bit. I, their biggest advantage last year is when they went big in the playoffs. Nobody could do anything about it. When they threw AD at the four and Dwight at the five, and and he mixed Javale in there, three time NBA champion Javale McGee in there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> say it. Address, address me as such. Address me as such. <laughs> My name is not Javale. Like marvelous Marvin Hagler, rest in peace. Um, yeah. What about if the Lakers went and got like Oladipo? He could lock yeah. up. He could, he could lock up a little bit and knock down some shots. A yeah, little bit. definitely. And I like him. Uh, if you're going to start Schroeder, I actually would like Oladipo heading up that bench unit for them. Yeah, I mean that'd be a good because he's a good ball handler. You know, and, he, yeah. And Houston should be trying to sell everybody. I think they are, but I think they're trying to get something from him because I think if they realize they trade him for nothing. You trade James Harden essentially for a bunch of bunch yeah. of ones that'll never that'll be like twenty seven and you know whatever. Yeah, but what choice did you have, right? I would have never traded for Oladipo. I think Oladipo has an overinflated they, view of himself and how much he's worth. They tried to they tried to like clean up the mess and like say we'll be competitive and yeah, they no, they're they, fucking, yo, they've lost they literally they won yesterday. Yeah, it was a twenty start, eighteen they, straight or something they like literally that. Literally lost twenty in a row. Yeah, shout out John so, Wall. Yeah, shout out John Wall. So they won yesterday. They actually beat Toronto. Yeah, who Toronto's lost playing nine terrible. Straight. Nine straight, yeah. Yeah, so that's where it gets interesting. You have any thoughts on Aaron Gordon and where he could go? Not really, I, no. Listen. I don't really – I can't tell you what – he's he's one of those guys It's like every year they tell you that Aaron Gordon's going to pop. And you're kind of just waiting to see what it is. I think he's fine. I don't think Aaron Gordon – 
moves the needle for any team like that. Like, I don't really know what you're getting. I will say this. He's got playoff experience, so you're not bringing in a guy who's never played in the playoffs. I think Orlando's made the playoffs the last three years. But, listen, yeah, he's, I'm, he's, I'm he's, all, he's fine. I'm all about uh, guys taking shit into their own hands and getting where they want to go. When I when I read the when I read the ticket that, requesting a trade. that, that Aaron Aaron Gordon is demanding a trade, I laughed. It's like, bro, you don't. Like, yeah, you're not in any position to demand anything. I, like, I would like to do a lot of things too, and I'm sure you like to play on a better team. <laughs> but I I just thought it was funny that he's demanding. Like, what if I, I wouldn't have laughed if it was like Aaron Gordon wants out of Orlando? Like, Aaron, Aaron Gordon, Gordon wants, cannot. Y'all need to get me out of here right yeah. now. Like, <laughs> Yes. You know who like, I am? Like I'm wasting Aaron, my career here. Aaron Gordon cannot demand anything. Uh, I don't care. I don't care what he thinks um, or what anybody thinks. But Aaron did Gordon, you, did you I ever would, see hey, his? Uh, hey, hey, quick! Uh, please, I would really like if you guys got me out of here. Yeah, that, like that's it. Like ideally, yo, I, I'd play somewhere I, else. Ideally, I would like to. <laughs> Yeah, if you guys can you help me out here and yeah. move me, that'd be yeah. great. Yeah, you're not James Harden. You're not demand. <laughs> yeah, demand. Nah. Okay, no, no, no. Take your ass so. back to Disney World and fucking keep it moving. <laughs> right. Um, did you ever see his music video this summer or last summer? Aaron Gordon's? Yeah. So do you remember the uh -oh. dunk contest when D Wade shafted him on the on the on the yeah, on the scoring crazy. thing? Yeah. So he shot a rap video and in the <laughs> in the rap video, he's drinking Dwayne Wade's wine. <laughs> Oh my god! It's, I haven't seen that. No, I gotta check I'll that send out. it to you. It's hilarious. Like it's 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 the most Aaron Gordon shit of all time. But he full on shot a full on rap video, kind of like this and D Wade, but he's drinking his wine. And uh, really quick, while we were chatting, I just looked up Laurie's deal, and he's uh, he's on an expiring for thirty who? million. Uh, Laurie, Mark Laurie, who? Uh, oh, Kyle Laurie. Kyle Laurie. Yeah. Oh yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah, they signed that huge thank you deal. Um, yes. Yeah. So that's so that's perfect. Like, get yeah. me to a spot. It'll yeah. expire. If you want to keep me, cool. If not, I can figure something else out. He is but, the perfect like. Hey, we need something for the championship push because he he's just there's no there's no diva. Like he's gonna come in there and be like, yeah, okay. Like that's why I say Milwaukee is perfect. You need the attitude. Put his ass on the Bucks. Yeah, he's gonna tell Giannis to sit his ass down in the paint and just catch the ball and fucking dunk everything and stop this three point bullshit. You know. Yeah. Whatever. So let me ask you this. I don't. I don't think I don't think Brooklyn per se needs anything. They might obviously they could use some extra big, uh, some depth. extra D depth for sure. Good depth. But let me ask you this: hey, Your boy Norman Powell's uh, people are trying to get him. Uh, yo, I would if I was. I <laughs> you, would, love, you love Norman I Powell. I love Norman Powell. <laughs> Norman Powell is a basket. He's a go getter. He doesn't speak. He doesn't complain. He, doesn't he just goes and does what he has to do. Messiah. I couldn't tell you how many times I've been watching the Raptors, and it seems like it seems like no one wants to do anything, and Norman's like, "I'll take care of it." I got like, it. don't worry about it. Shut <laughs> no, out, Norman Powell. No, He's having a twenty a game right no, now. Norman's like, "I'm telling you, I'll take care of it." Like, it seems I had no like, idea. He's, you know, he's having a twenty on fifty forty three. Jesus, it a seems bucket. like it seems like you guys don't want to take care of it. I'll take care. Norman Powell will take care of it. What did Norman Powell go to school? No idea. He's a Bruin. I did not know he went to UCLA. Masai found this guy in the second round. Man, yeah, no, I, I'm Masai. a huge Norman Powell fan, man. I'm a huge Norman Powell. Yo, fan. He's, so what do you, if you're Masai, like, what do you think Masai is? Like, he's watching the tournament, right? Like, what are you, what are you looking at that helps you identify Fred Van Bleets and Norman Powells and be like, yo, give me like four years, and this guy, we're gonna bring him up from the G League, and this guy is gonna be an absolute fucking monster. 
And I don't care that we're never in the lottery because. Yeah, well, I think the big thing for like a guy like Norman was he was around Kyle and Kawhi and all those guys. Like he was around professionals, right? Right. I think that always helps. Um, but he's also worked very hard on his game. Came it's up through obvious. their G League team. It's, that obvi- it's, out of five. it's yeah. obvious that he's worked really hard on his game. He's like a problem. I'm telling you, I've watched yeah, no, him he's good. <laughs> on multiple nights and been like, yo, this dude is an issue, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, Sorry. yeah, I'm a big Norman Powell fan. But, yeah, I think the first thing you look for is just a guy that you think is going to work hard and actually wants to be a professional hooper and and oh. is not worried about the other stuff. But He's got a player option for next year at $11 million. What do you think? That's a done deal. He's opt out. What? <laughs> Especially, especially the way the Raptors are going. <laughs> yeah, get me out of here. Yeah, I got the ring already too. Yeah, I'm good. Decline. I'm Even that bad bleep money. I yes. seen Fred, I seen Fred's new truck. I need yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So yeah. let me ask you this: Does does Boston just kind of fold up the year, finish it out as strong as they can, then come back next year with the same team, or I are would... they? Or hold on, or are they? looking because they, they they would fall in the sellers category right yeah so but they got some strong pieces like you don't want to sell sell a guy that you want to have around what do you do if you're boston do you just fold it up and come back next year stronger and try I mean, to try to add with a full with a full off season or what do you do so we're like, assuming that like, brown and tatum are completely utterly untouchable right yes because yeah yes i would say that and like okay. a lot of but a lot of people are looking at like marcus smart and yeah. some other guys Marcus what Smart, do you, what do you put, think? Put his ass on Milwaukee. Um, <laughs> Anybody that's tough, put him on Milwaukee. Yo, they're Yo, Boston me, is just me, a hey, mediocre hey, team right now. Hey, uh. Give me Norman Powell for Chris Middleton straight up. Yeah, that's where you're at. Yes, <laughs> Norman Powell. Give me Norman Powell for Chris spot. Middleton yeah, straight he, up. I'm, I'm, I'm not even kidding. Norman Powell won't fold. I'm taking. Um, him. Yeah, man. <laughs> Throwing the two. <laughs> With Boston, it's I think it's hard for Boston when you look at your roster and to be like, yo, we're going to punt on this. Because right. you look at it on paper and you're like, yo, we have all these guys that could pop, right? And we, we really – if we if we hit our stride and, like, we catch fire, like, oh, we really could that, put though. together we've two games. game. At, but at the same time, to your point, they're 500, man, and you've been 500 all year. And the same problems that you had at the beginning of the year are the same problems that you have right now. Your crunch time offense in the last five minutes of a game is absolutely brutal. It doesn't matter how good these guys are for the first 43 minutes of the uh, basketball game. In the last five minutes, really last like eight to ten minutes, you guys are just terrible. Um, and that's not going to beat Brooklyn. That's not going to beat Philadelphia. That might yeah. not beat Milwaukee. You're going to have problems. You know, Miami, those teams that don't make mistakes like that, and those teams where the coaching is airtight, so I should take Milwaukee out that, but, you know, like if you're Philly and you're Brooklyn, like these teams aren't going to make those mistakes down the stretch. So if you're looking at yourself and saying, hey, this isn't the year for us, yeah, you got to be real with yourself. I don't think that there's a path to them representing the Eastern Conference this year. No, I, that's, I think that's I, I, yeah. I mean, which, not yeah, I, I, there's just no way. So, like, yeah, I, I would. I mean, Smart is just such a hard put. When you trade Marcus Smart, you're punting on the era. It's like, yo, we're we're on a full rebuild. This guy's our – it would be like if the Warriors were to trade Draymond. Yeah. I it's mean, the same type like thing. Heart, heart it's it's like your heart thing. and soul. Your your numbers don't really quantify what he does for us. Type thing. We need him to win games. But if you're not planning on winning any more games this year, like that, and somebody's willing to offer you a first round pick for Marcus Smart or something of value yeah. or a good rebuilding piece, 
You got to listen. It was I'd be like, a seller. It was like a guy that, like Joe Kim Noah, maybe people around the league probably didn't know this, but that dude was literally untouchable. He might as well yeah. have been as he was just as untouchable as Derrick Rose was. Yeah. Like you exactly. can't get this dude is unmovable. The fans would have killed you. You can't move this guy. <laughs> yeah. Yo, exactly. speaking of Joe Kim, yo, by the way, do you see what the Bulls did? Yeah, didn't he get so like he a retired? Yeah, well, no, they honored him and he they honored him at the arena at a game that he was at, but yeah. he was the only fucking person there. You got to see the video. It's like surreal. It's like we I welcome back it. Joe Kim Noah. You know how they normally do, but there's normally fans in the arena. Right. There's no fans in the arena. He was just so kind of like, yeah. He's just him. I'm like, come on, man. Wait till next year. Like, we can hold off the Joe Kim celebration. I want him to have fans. Right. Yeah. Like fact. that man deserves fans in the building for his shit. But yeah, maybe yeah. he was maybe he was just in town or some shit. Yeah, maybe he's probably up there with Chief and Big too. He's like nobody's in this. <laughs> <laughs> nobody's in. I always wanted to do this. Nobody's in the box. And I'm retired. I'm blowing big. Uh, I got chicken, the, and my chicken model. Like we're good. I got the medical card anyway. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm good. Um. So yeah, I think. <laughs> but that's a good question, man. Like. I probably would. There, there's no path to them winning this year. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, what do you do if your boss you just fold it up and just come back next year and maybe make some tweaks and make changes and and you still have you still have two potential top 15 guys that are under 25. So you're going to be rebuilding at an advantage. Like if you do decide to do that, you have two pieces that the rest of, like. But that's what I'm saying. Do you get ahead of it and you make a couple moves now? To try to leverage out a better deal than waiting for the offseason because because some contenders might might give you more than yeah no that's what, you know I'm, what saying. I'm saying yeah make that decision you got to be honest with your team and you and I both know the team isn't going to do anything so the right move for them to do would be to start doing that but at the same time like if you're Ainge you're you're admitting that this was a failure and if you're Ainge it's like hey man this is like your fifth time you tried to hit reset on this thing you yeah. know what I mean. Or just like, try different, yeah, different yeah, tweaks. You keep trying different things, and none of it really works, or none of it. We, 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 every year, we want to do something new. Yeah. So, I don't know. Um. Okay, then let me ask you this, because kind of similar. Before we move over to uh, Draymond saying he's the best defensive player of all time, because in that same breath, where Boston on the East is kind of stuck, where they. They have a really they have really good pieces allegedly, but they just can't get them to work together. They're five hundred. Is there any? Would you like to see? Is there anything the Clippers can do to add on on the West? What could they do? Do they need anything, or do they just have to stay focused and and, and they could try to give it a run? Yeah, I think when they made that Canard deal over the summer, that was like that was like their, their, that was their big move. Their I mean, flexibility. Yeah, that yeah. was their flexibility. I don't know who you're going to trade. If you want to trade, if you look, I think if they're willing to put Lou Williams on the table, um, you could probably make a deal. It's just look, he sucks in the playoffs, but he's extremely valuable to them in the regular season. Yeah. Uh, so I think that that would be their only path. But if you're them, I wouldn't make a move for the simple fact of just making a move. Unless there's some locker room issues in there, I would just continue to let this team mesh, play well together, and just take shit seriously yeah take shit seriously this is our guys these are our 13 guys in the locker room that's who we're rolling with and we're just going to go from there maybe see what happens on the buyout market you know a lot of these guys that don't get traded are going to end up getting bought out in a few days here um so you might have some opportunity to get a guy there maybe waive some contracts i don't know what kind of non-guaranteed guys they have but i wouldn't disrupt the chemistry i don't they're playing fine like they're playing well there's no problems over there it's quiet Right, it's kind of quiet. Yeah, quiet is, is good quiet. for them, man. Yeah, like I think you start making 
they saw going, what they've happened. They've been going up and down though. They've yeah, been, but they, they're. I think in their last ten. Let me. I'll. I'll tell you right now. I bet, personalities I, matter. Guessing, around Kawhi and Paul George. In their though. last ten, they're probably five and five. They're they're exactly five and five. Yeah, I mean, like yeah. that's what they've been doing, right? So. Yeah, yeah man. Um, I we'll would see. I, I, that, that, yeah. That's interesting one because it's like I don't know what they could actually go do. That's what I'm saying. They're, they'd be making no, a mean, move for the sake of making a move, right? It's not like you look at them and you're like, man, they really need uh, like they got yeah, they need a point they need like, a point no. guard, but unless you're willing, unless like, you can get Kyle Lowry out everywhere is a Kyle Lowry spot, <laughs> but if you can get Kyle yeah. Lowry out there, that's perfect because that's what they need. Kawhi doesn't want to handle the ball in crunch time, but I think for them, man, like when you're dealing with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and their personalities, you need to make sure the guys that you have around work. Or else it can be like last year where they all hate each other. You know, Harold doesn't like these guys. So you just got to be careful who you bring in. Yeah. Like you add a Marcus Smart in there and that shit might go crazy. Like Marcus Smart and Paul George probably wouldn't get along. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. All right. Differently. I feel that. Yeah, so the trade deadline, some some questions will be answered. And I, it's, I'm interested to see. What about how, the Bulls? Um, sellers. Are you, at, since the break Yeah. and how bad they've played. I think they played terrible since the break. Um, no, nah, they haven't played terrible since the break because there's been a lot of been really ugly good moments. There's been a lot of really good teams that we've been battling, <laughs> and yeah. we've folded down the stretch. So there's been some bad stretches. Um, but I wouldn't say they played bad since the break. They're it's, it always feels worse when they are in line to win, and then they lose. It's like <laughs> these dudes are playing terrible. It's like we never yeah. should have technically been in those games. Like a lot, of, like the game last night. That's how a lot of those games should have looked. But we got our doors blown off yesterday. Yeah, doors blown off. That is probably the worst matchup in the entire league. For I mean, for the Bulls. I, for the Bulls. Like yeah. I, I know that Utah's been killing a lot of people all year, but to be as strong as uh, Utah is down low, to have a, a a closer like D Mitchell, and then they have a point guard like Connolly, and then they have shooters everywhere. That's us. That's man. That's like our worst nightmare. We're we're already bad on rotating and defensively anyway, and we we think we could keep up with people, but you can't keep up with those dudes. They're the best. They're the best offense in the league. So it's oh, like, yeah, Rudy Gobert's a, a legit MVP candidate. Dog, did you see that? <laughs> yeah, Chris Mannix. What, what is he talking about? I have no idea. That is hundred percent a guy sitting on his couch. Like I'm just gonna send this. To no, that, no, that's a guy. To- just pouring over advanced metrics and being like, oh my God, his PERT is like higher than anybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but let's, uh, let's move over. <clears throat> I, I'll say this about the Bulls. I think, I think, I think AK needs to decide who he's going to keep. And I think that's where we're at. And I think he's yeah. going to decide here in the next couple of days. Cause it would be a shame to let Laurie, if we're, if he's not part of the future, to let him walk for nothing would be whack. So I think there, there, there's some bulls. I mean, there's some moves coming from the bulls and Karnasovas for sure. I believe. Are you fine with them letting then just go to let let Laurie go to restricted free agency and see what he gets? My problem with that would be is Laurie's the type of guy. It's like Sacramento or somebody's going to offer. He's going to get a lot of money. A year. Yeah, yeah, he's going to get a ton of money. Yeah, he's going to get a lot of money. Someone's going to be like, oh, he averages 19 a game. He shoots 40. percent Like, oh yeah. Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. So. You said you were talking about you got you got some insight on Laurie? No, I was just talking uh to a couple people that are like, yo, this dude's gonna get a lot of money. I think so he's gonna get I don't, paid crazy. I don't, I don't know if he's worth all that to keep. So another reason why we should be looking to move him. Yeah. If you're not gonna pay him that money, get him just get get him out of here. Well, if you pay him his big deal, then next offseason you pay Zach his big deal, you're kind of 
it, it happens quick. I'm going to tell you this. When man. you decide who's on your court, like it happens quick. You took two yeah. big deals, and the next thing you know, these are your guys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this is your team. This is your team. Yeah, I'll say, and I'll say this. If Laurie is kind of it cracks under pressure and doesn't and is kind of soft making on a rookie deal, <laughs> the pressure of making 27 and a half, 30 million per might get very spooky. He might he so might be on his Kevin Love on the mental health. You say he's gonna go back right. to he's gonna go back to Finland and do the Botas spa. <laughs> no, but for real, that's, <laughs> that would be a lot of pressure on him, man. Spa. If he was making a sauna, I'm sorry, the sauna. Because because then it, the conversation goes from development and what can he be to he needs to be this. Yeah. Or it's a massive mistake that we've made. So I'm Isn't not it? sure he's built for that type of pressure. Yeah. So we'll see. But I think AK is got I think him and Eversley are gonna make some moves. No doubt. I trust him. Yeah, we got to, right? Until so we have a reason not to, so we'll I think see. I think they're evaluating. They're being quiet right now, but I, I I fully believe that they're you know they're working. They're working, evaluating, looking at this thing from every angle, and kind of figuring out where you want to go. I no, hope no. that they, had, yeah. I mean, I'm assuming that they landed okay on Zach, right? Would you be shocked if they traded Zach Levine right now? Oh uh, yeah, I would. Really? Yeah, I would. I think uh, unless the package was crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I'd be shocked if they traded him. So you think they're sold? I think it's tough not to not to be sold right now. I think he goes out there and hoops every single night, and when he plays bad, we lose. So, yeah, I think I would be shocked if they moved him. Think about if we had Jimmy Butler on the team. Jimmy Butler, love that guy. Love that guy, great guy. Miami Heat. <laughs> All right, let's move I'll, over to... He'd fuck around and win the East. <laughs> <laughs> let's do yeah, He fucking punches Giannis in the face yeah. in the second round or something. Bitch. <laughs> yeah, you bitch you. You're soft. <laughs> Giannis, what's up? You bitch you. <laughs> All right, let's move over to Draymond Green. Draymond Green, the infamous Draymond Green, Tweets or he it was I don't know if it was an interview or, or or what, but it was a press conference. But there was a quote. Draymond came out and said, and I quote, if you're if you're just listening, I put it up on the screen. Draymond Green said, I think I'm the best defender to ever play in the NBA. I stand by that. I put myself up against anyone. Draymond Green. So. Of course, Tony Allen. One of the best defenders <laughs> we've seen in quite some time tweets. He quote tweeted it, and he tagged Draymond. He says, "Big Cap, who stamped you? Who you clamp?" In the words of Jay Z, "We don't believe you. You need more people." <laughs> so I love the banter back and forth. And before, before actually, then I'll, I'll get into the. I'll get so then, then after that, after Tony Allen essentially says that you're full of shit. We don't believe you. We need we need some more people to vouch for you. Draymond comes out and oh wait. There it is. Draymond comes out and says, and I quote, I was waiting on you to stamp me, big homie, but your stamp book started running low in 2015 when we used you against your own team on the way to my first championship. Sheesh. Sheesh. Then Tony Allen closes it. This is the last one I caught. He said, like, like your stamp book right now, because it's four on five out there right now, my boy. And he put hashtag call Clay. That is funny. <laughs> so let me ask you this. 
what do you think about Draymond saying he's the best defender of all time? I don't. I don't think. Well, I guess. Do you agree with that? And what do you think about what what Tony Allen said and the no, clap I back? I don't necessarily agree with it. What I will say is, I think he revolutionized. That's the best way to put this. He kind of revolutionized, or kind of was like the. At one point in time, the gold standard for the multi-positional big the positionless doesn't get burnt in the pick and roll right like who can switch all over the place guard point guards in the pick and roll but also guard bigs and step out to the perimeter because he was able to do that he unlocked everything for golden state right like so much for golden state as far as what they were able to do defensively and even offensively because he allowed you to play some of those lineups that offensively were just incredible because he was able to guard one through five yeah so if that aspect he's one of the most impactful defenders in nba history without a doubt um but i don't think he's the best nba defender in nba history yeah, like i don't I, you know I, you watch some of these old scotty tapes you watch rodman and some of these guys who were really just raising hell on defense like he's not doing that but again i think he allows you to do so much that like he might be the most valuable defender in nba history because he he really was the key for them playing like those lineup of debts. Yeah, like he's the got key to that rings. was Draymond. He's got three rings. He's two time defensive player of the year on one of the best defenses defenses of all time, um, and he was absolutely the catalyst to that. So like I don't think it's as crazy as it sounds. Like I don't think it's as crazy as some of the shit that Draymond says. Yeah. Like he has a point. I could see how he would think that when you kind of put it all together on what he did. But I think when you think like best defender, you look at that man to man one-on-one i'm stopping my guy from getting a bucket right and that's not really him right like he'll get stops but like he's he's more of like a in this we talk about all the time like yo this guy cannot play in his cancer these guys can't play in the fourth quarter because they will get ate up in the pick and roll yeah if you have a big and that's not the case like it's huge and he was really good at it yeah i think to to compliment what you're saying draymond does and did at his peak with Golden State just so much more than play defense. So he he was never seen as like that. Well, that's the dude that's locking up on D. He was doing a lot of different things, spreading the floor, moving the ball. And hey, I know it's ugly, and I know his his offensive game is not polished. But there was games where he was scoring 15, 16, 17 points a lot. Yeah. Um. And what did he score in Game Seven? He scored like thirty in Game Seven. Yeah, I don't think he's so, had seventeen points combined this year, but yes. Yes, you know what I'm saying? So I think he just did a lot more than just play D. So it's tough to kind of just bucket him that way, but he had a major impact on those squads. Yeah, I think most valuable is interesting. I think the most valuable defender, yeah. And just because now any of these teams that kind of want to play that stuff, you need that, right? Like you're always – and now everybody's just trying to draft positionless bigs, bigs that can switch in the pick and roll. For example, the guy that we thought Wendell was going to be. Yes, and it's not even – a shell Remote, of that. Not even remotely close. Yeah, he, but yeah. He, he's playing 17 minutes a night. Yes. So I thought the, the funny, but the, the thing is that I thought was interesting was Jen Draymond, when he says um, in 2015, when we used you against against your own squad to win the championship, he's essentially talking about when they played Memphis in the, in the, in the playoffs and on offense, they were playing for, Memphis was playing four on five because Tony Allen was a zero, a zero on the offensive end. So that's what kind of what Draymond was leaning to. So I love the banter. I love the back and forth. I uh, And even later on, Draymond was like, no, nah, we're not beefing, man. We're just talking basketball. So 
It's I love not that beef, man. Like, yeah, what, what do people think they're gonna do? Like Draymond's gonna be like, you know what, man, meet me in the bay. Yeah, like right. you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah, first it's off, all Tony Allen. First off, Tony Allen would mop his ass. Second, yeah. uh, <laughs> Tony yeah. Allen's not the one. Yeah, Tony Allen probably come with the banger langer. But uh, <laughs> shout out Tony Allen. What's up? Um, yeah, but I I don't think that that statement is as crazy as it looks if you just glance at it. Like, go yeah. back and, like, watch some of that, man. Like, he was the key to everything that they did defensively, which was the key to what they did offensively. I mean, obviously, Steph Curry was the MVP and was, but, like, def- like he, Draymond allowed them those death lineups that we that were celebrated. Like, Draymond was the key to that. You were fucking playing Andre Gudala at the four. Yeah, facts. Facts. I like it. That's a good. I like the take. I like the. I like the insight. Most valuable, maybe of Defender. all time. MVD. MVD. <laughs> MVD. Mm-hmm. All right, let's jump into this uh, Steve Kerr comment with uh, with KD. You know, it it, it, it sparked some KD clapback on Twitter. KD said, <laughs> "KD said, look, when I'm on Twitter, I'm here to I'm here to argue with y'all. Yeah. Till I close the app out." I'm here to argue music and argue sports. Simple as that. Stop telling me I shouldn't respond to everyone. I'm on here to respond to people. That's what. That's why I opened the app. That's what I'm here for. So I thought that was interesting because it's like, yeah, I mean, I guess. Because I guess we hop on Twitter to talk sports and, and see takes. And he's doing the same thing. He just happens to be the one everybody talking about. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yep. So Big Nick the Quick didn't like let me let me try to find this tweet that nick because i got it okay well drew schiller covers uh the warriors and he had a quote and the original quote that started all the the controversy was and i quote he this is this is steve drew schiller quoting uh steve kerr that last year was rough there was a lot going on some that you know about wait 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 if you're going to read this, you got to read the whole tweet. I got to read the whole thing. The tweet is what sets it up the way it is. The way that he tw- – no, no, read his – the top part of his tweet. What okay. Steve Kerr t- – yeah, this is okay, – yeah, right. the, the problematic part is the first paragraph. Okay, Drew Schiller said, and I quote, Steve Kerr told Logan Murdoch he enjoyed last season when the Warriors were 15 and 50 more than Kevin Durant's final year with the Warriors. That last year was tough. There was a lot going on. Some that you know about and some that you don't. That was very difficult. So that's what he said Steve Kerr said, but that's not exactly factual. It was a little, it was, it was a little different. And here's the here's the real Steve Kerr quote. This is exactly what Steve Kerr and, and Drew Schiller came out and apologized. And this is him saying this is exactly what Logan Murdoch, uh, this is exactly what Steve Kerr told Logan Murdoch and Roger Bell on the Riggers Real Ones podcast. And I quote Steve Kerr, the first four years of our run, the coaching was way more fun. We were joyful and everything was really simple and no agendas. And then the last year, things kind of got haywire. Even though we went to the finals, it was difficult. I enjoyed last season. We had the worst record in the league more than I enjoyed the last season when we went to the finals. We had young guys last year who were trying every day, working hard. We had great energy, great spirit, great camaraderie. Losing sucked. But what you want is a good vibe. You want to look forward to going to the gym every day and seeing everyone. That last year was tough when we lost to Toronto in the finals. There was a lot going on. Some of you know, some of you know about some of that you don't it was very difficult. 
Big Nick the Quick, what are your thoughts on that? So I have a major problem with that. Um, so pull up that original tweet. I don't have a problem with what Steve Kerr said. I think what Steve Kerr said is, number one, stuff that we kind of already knew. And number two, I think yeah. he was just answering a question about the difference of, you know, what we talk about all the time, the come up versus the when you're already there and yeah. shit kind of changes and people, you know, are no longer trying to become superstars. They're already there. Right. So I think the quote that he gave was pretty straightforward. Right. My issue with this Drew Schiller character is the way that he framed this tweet is almost like not even almost. He made it sound like Logan Murdoch specifically asked, hey, what are some of the differences between last year and that last year with Kevin Durant. Yeah. Or that when Steve Kerr answered the question, he specifically mentioned Kevin Durant, right? Yeah. That's not what happened. You inserted the Kevin Durant piece in there, right? To make it seem like that question was in response to Kevin Durant. Yeah, Kevin Durant the, was never mentioned. Right. And then the section of the quote that you take after immediately mentioning Kevin Durant makes it sound like he's talking about Kevin Durant. Like there was a lot going on with Kevin Durant. Some of that stuff you know about, but some that you don't know about with Kevin Durant. That, parentheses, Kevin Durant, was very difficult. <laughs> that's, I'm serious. That's how it reads yeah. when you frame it that way. Right. When you read the full quote, Steve Kerr just answered a question about the season and how that year was difficult. He didn't at any point specifically reference Kevin Durant. He could have been talking about any number of things. But isn't he like, talking about Kevin Durant? Though? He might be, but, like, I think that a lot of times, like, people... Hey, Nick. Isn't he talking about Kevin Durant, though? I don't... He could be talking about Draymond, too. He hasn't always gotten along with Dray. Dude, I think all those dudes got super popular about that point in time. Steph could have been a little bit of a headache. He wasn't the same Steph Curry that you had in 2016. He had grown up a bit. His head had gotten a little bit bigger. So he's like, yo, I'm managing a bunch of guys before who are listening to everything that I say because I'm going to lead them to where they want to go. But there's one a guy bunch of guys who've already been there. But there's one guy that's rumored to be leaving. Sure, and he might be a big part of it. But, man, I don't think that Steve Kerr was going out there trying to throw Kevin Durant under the bus or make a big point about Kevin Durant ruining their season. No, I don't think he was either, but I think he was talking about Kevin Durant. And it's very obvious that he was talking about Kevin Durant. See, Essentially. The first, like the the years leading up to Kevin Durant getting there were awesome. They were the, they were some of the best coaching times of my life. And then Kevin Durant, uh, the 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 only time he wasn't have fun was the Durant second year and Durant third year. Yeah, the third year and Durant's third year leaving. Yeah, but so here's the thing. He says the first four years of our run, two out of four of those years, Kevin Durant was there. Yeah. So. He says but, that was fun. Well, what changed? So he had fun for those first two years of Kevin okay. Durant. But then the, what third, the third year of Kevin Durant, he didn't have fun. Right. But the third year of Kevin Durant is the same thing when Draymond's fighting him on the sidelines. You have all this internal conflict going on with the team. By the time you get to the playoffs, all three of your guys get hurt. So it's just kind of like, hey, yeah, shit happens, man. But I don't think he was – either way. If that's what he meant, that's fine. That's that is not, not your job that. as a journalist right. to, to, to add that in there. Interpret. Like you are really if if and your he's thinking just like you thought. He's talking about Durant, but he's saying he is Man, talking about Durant though. Let me go ahead and make this juicier. <laughs> yeah, let me let me, let me, let me, let me throw some spice on this real quick. It's clickbait. Yeah. Look, man, guys don't get along. And I think like one of the things that people don't realize, like when people hear teammate, like most people obviously have not played professional sports, most haven't played college, so you start thinking like, oh, high school, like. When I was best buddies with my teammates and we hung out all the time and yeah, the everything was great. We went and played Call of Duty. These guys are pros. 
You know what happens when Draymond Green is done with practice? He's not going to Steph Curry's house to play Xbox. He's going home to his family. Yeah. He's going to hang out with his friends. These guys aren't kicking it on a Saturday night. It's not like that. So guys aren't necessarily like they're not as close as you think these are. These are grown men and women that have families. And just like anybody else, like when you were at work, you might have your boy at work, but you don't kick it with him on Saturday. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it is what it is. Like right. I'm not calling him. He's cool. He's cool Monday through Friday. He's talking about Kevin Durant, though, just so we're That's clear. fine, man. That's <laughs> fine. But either way, Drew, it's not on Drew. If I'm Steve Kerr, I'm hot when I read that, 100%. Because you know KDS is going to respond, and now it makes Steve Kerr look petty. And Steve Kerr is not trying to be petty. He was yeah, just Durant, like, look, Durant responded. He said, this is hilarious. Yeah, it looks petty. Because if I read that and I'm KD, I would honestly think, like I said, put the parentheses Durant, and like I would think that he's answering a question about Kevin Durant. So, like, yeah, it's that that's, that's petty by Drew Schiller. Yeah, well, <laughs> super petty by Drew Schiller. Don't write a story that's not there. We can have a whole nother. We should have a whole. We should have a round table on Steve Kerr in coaching, and how he's overrated. You think? Yeah, we'll we'll save it for the round table. Okay, <laughs> we'll save it for the round table. All right, let's get out of here on a serious note. Um, switch over to Deshaun Watson and the allegations that he has going on. I'm going to pull up an article that came out right before we got on. And I quote, Deshaun Watson attorney says, any allegation that Deshaun Watson forced a woman to commit a sexual act is completely false. This is a, this is from uh, Sarah Barshop, ESPN staff writer. Deshaun Watson lawyer Rusty Harden said in a statement that his law firm has strong evidence showing that one of the lawsuits alleging sexual harassment against Houston, Texas quarterback Deshaun Watson is false and it calls into question the legitimacy of the case of the other cases as well. He believes any allegations that forced that Deshaun forced the women uh, to commit a sexual acts completely false. There's now a currently 14 lawsuits filed by Houston lawyer Tony Busby against Watson regarding sexually assault re- regarding sexual assault. Uh Busby is a big time lawyer out in Houston. So there's also rumblings, you know, did he talk to McNair the owner of the Texans before this stuff came out? Stuff we don't know, but there's a lot. Well, he of- was he was the dad McNair's neighbor, right? He's his neighbor, yeah. Yeah. So but and then Busby did the classic like I don't I've never even heard I don't even know who McNair is I don't know I've never even heard of him before type thing. I just live next to folks. Yeah, I just he just came out and said that, which is obviously more than likely not true. Um, what I wanted you, to bring you, up, you generally know your billionaire next door neighbor who owns the Houston Texans. Who owns the Houston Texans? Yes, <laughs> for sure. Um, what I wanted to talk about was what. What do we do here? What do we do with this situation? What uh, what happens with Deshaun Watson? When is the NFL going to step in? Should they step in? This is a situation where, and I, I'm gonna, I, I'll just speak for myself. Where me and Nick were talking about it, and I was, I first heard the allegations, and I read the first article that came out, and I was like, okay, these are you know allegations are allegations. Let's see what comes of it. But now we're at 14. And they're all massage therapists telling the same story that Deshaun. And I encourage you to go read the articles 
And ESPN and, has uh, one where they give you each allegation and yeah. Yeah, but they're essentially all from masseuses and Deshaun is getting in these situations where he's getting massage massage mas- therapist, Sean. Yeah, massage, but he's getting, yeah, yes, massage. Apparently masseuse is like a, you're not supposed to say that. Oh, I'm not? Uh-uh. Oh, okay, Mass- a massage therapist. I didn't even know that. What is that? What does a masseuse mean? I don't know. Um, someone I know that used to be a massage therapist. I said masseuse, and it was corrected very quickly. Oh, so like a massage therapy is like a, a health thing, and masseuse is. I think maybe it's like more. calling a, it's like you know if you're a gym teacher, you want to be called a, a PE physical education, not gym. Okay, All but right. I think masseuse also has like some negative sexual connotation, sexual to connotation to it. Yeah, where it's like, no, okay. I'm not in here trying to, you know. I got you. Okay. Well, I didn't know that. So yeah. I apologize for that. So and that's why we're but, here. We're here to yeah, work. Yeah. 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 Massage therapist. And he was getting in these situations with these massage therapists and he was getting therapy and it was turning into suggestive acts, pulling his pants down. Go read the stuff. Now, my question to you is there's a lot of smoke here. What do you do with Deshaun if you're the NFL? Do you wait till the season or do you just wait some more information? What, what do you, where, what is your initial thought when you, when we're at now last week, we didn't know about this. Yeah. Now we have 14 civil f- filings against him for sexual misconduct, essentially. Yeah. So I was kind of like you, man, I didn't fully pick this up. I knew it was happening. Um, I didn't fully pick it up to the last couple of days when I really started reading about it. When I first heard about it, the way that they put it out there was like, yeah, Kyle McNair's neighbor is suing Deshaun Watson. And it's like, this yeah. seems fucking nuts. Like, what, I don't I, believe it. It was like, it was like, I'm not paying attention to this right this, now. This right? coincidence is too crazy. Yeah, and it's definitely, let, let's, let's get it out the way. This is not a subject that we take lightly at all. So shame on me for, I guess, not reading further into it or whatever it might have been. Um, clearly, I'm at a completely different place with this now after reading um, the allegations. Like, it's just... <sighs> ESPN did a good job. It's like, hey, this person has been in this profession for 13 years and has served many high-profile clients, and this is one of the accusers. So it's not like it's just like random person that they found off the internet. These are right. reputable people. I think the NFL has no choice but to, dis- to suspend Deshaun Watson indefinitely while this investigation is pending. It's, it's, it's tough to have him as an active NFL player right now. Just suspend him indefinitely, pay him. Mm-hmm. He hasn't because the players' union will be all in his ass if you take away any money. But you have to keep him away from the facility. So as of right now, we're suspending you from all team activities until we get a hold on this. It will end with he'll never play in the NFL ever again. Wow, you're saying that right now? I don't think I'll ever play in the NFL ever again. That dude. Wow. Did I, don't, I think we read the same one where ESPN went like. Yeah, no, out, I read the same one. I like I, I just. Look, man, I mean, I don't, yeah, dude. I don't. It, <laughs> I think it's really early to say that because I, I also think say all this stuff gets taken care of civilly and he pays a bunch of people, I guess. Then it's like, uh, is he admitting guilt and then just closing the door on some of this stuff? I think I agree with you. I think you definitely have to suspend him indefinitely until some of this stuff gets cleared up, but that could take a long time. Yeah, um, gone so, forever. Yeah, you really think he's never going to play again? It's already done and dusted. I mean, I think that's where we're headed right now. I mean, this this is bad. This is bad. I mean, this is what we're a week and we're at fourteen women with twenty pending, and it's all follows the same pattern. I mean, like you're you're that's yeah. when we were talking. That's why when we were talking about this earlier, I'm like, no, this is like predatory, behavior. patterned behavior. 
You know what I mean? Like this is clearly he has an issue. An issue that, and, and there's a scenario that he likes that he goes after, right? Like, Feels so it's like, yeah, man. And it's just like, it's just, it's just shitty. Like, it's just a shitty situation, man. I feel for the, uh, the victims, um, that are going through this right now. For sure. You know? and- but like, I think the best thing for the NFL to do would be to suspend, tell the team, suspend him indefinitely, keep him away from all functions. He wasn't going to come to functions anyway. So you're not missing out on anything like that. Um, and let's just go from there. What are they waiting on? Whatever you wait on in these situations, I don't know. It's no real protocol, but I think the worst thing you can do is keep him and not act like you're not doing anything. Yeah. I think they were probably the same thing when they heard about it last week. They heard about it, how it was presented. Like the Houston Texans neighbor is suing Deshaun Watson for sexual, you know, like has a client that's suing Deshaun Watson for sexual assault. Just like this Drew Schiller. When it's put out that way, you're just kind of like, yo, okay, whatever. Right. And then slowly, like a snowball, it's just been no, going down and going down. It's smoky in here. Yeah. Now it's like, wait, hold on. Like, uh, you know, like, yeah. So I think the best thing to do would be suspended from all activities. Again, you got no issues with the Players Association as long as you pay him um, and go from there. Yeah. I think it's a serious situation, man. And like, yeah, I don't I don't see a, I don't see a path back to playing unless there's some huge smoking gun somewhere that we don't know about. And it would have to be the smokiest of smoking guns in the fucking world. Like. For this not to be true, you're talking about like 20 people who don't know each other corroborating to bring down Deshaun Watson. Like, I'm sorry, like, you know, like this isn't a political figure. This isn't like, you know, there's no there's nothing gained from bringing him down. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. It's going to be. From a PR perspective, NFL, do the right thing. Don't, Don't just don't fumble the bag. Whoever you've had PR for the last six big situations. Don't bring that person back. Whoever your <laughs> whoever your Ray Rice PR person was, leave them on the sidelines. Like, go get some real PR people. Don't call NCAA PR people either. You said don't call Emirates boys. Don't call Emirates boys. Don't call my buddy from uh, MLB's boys. Yeah. Call up Adam yeah. Silver. They got great PR over there. Who y'all use for Black Lives Matter? Oh yeah, I'll call. <laughs> you know, what I'm no, like, for real. <laughs> yeah, call call buddy ass. Yeah. For real, um, yeah, man, it's a it's an ugly situation. I to echo what you said, yeah, we feel sorry for the victims, and we hope the right thing. We hope the right thing is done. How about that? Yeah. We'll we'll leave it there. Um, real quick, man, before we hop out, though, yeah, shout out to uh, our condolences, the victims of uh, Colorado Boulder, yeah. Colorado shooting yesterday. Uh, it's got to do better, y'all. The AR-15 needs to be it's, – it's, it's very blatant. The fact that you could get up, get your coffee, and go get an AR-15 in as many rounds as you want by 1030 is – it's just not right. It's not so, right. Yep. Just look like – you know how when you're, when you're getting – when you're growing up and your parents are like – teaching you things and you start to understand like what's right and wrong when you're yeah. when you're like in the middle of doing it you're like man this is wrong. This isn't right there's some, this. something not right about this yeah. yeah something not right about this it's just like shit like this is so obvious that you shouldn't be able to do it so yeah condolences to them another shooting another thing and it's one of those feelings i have too where i don't i don't really feel like anything's gonna change it's kind of one of those things where it's like a couple weeks ago by no, nothing will change. No, because what will happen? What is it? It'll just it. As soon as you say gun control, 
it becomes a politicized debate and it's no longer like hey let's talk about gun control it's either like you're well you're republican you're different it's like everything else man it's polarizing there's no i was talking about this with nikki yesterday we're at a point and we've been at a point where compromise is equivalent to a loss for most people so people just have no there's no compromise it's either my way or nothing and I'd rather I'd rather fight and lose than compromise. Yeah. So I right. mean that's a little deep for the No Catch of Chicago podcast, <laughs> but it's true. Look at it, everything yeah. that we have going on. There's no compromise. Everybody just needs to try, try to win their point. It's stupid. Yeah. Fair enough. All right, for Big Nick the Quick, I'm your host, Sean Little. That's No Catch Up Sports Talk via Chicago. Make sure you subscribe everywhere, man. We're YouTube, Spotify, you know the deal. Every week, Tuesday is 5.30 live. Tell your homies, tell your friends, tell your family. No Catch Up Sports Talk via Chicago. We out of here.